Let's get one thing straight. I'm a gay Latter-day Saint. It rhymed. It did rhyme. How long did you work on that? This is Unspoken Secret, (laughs) episode six. We're not going to talk about how long you spent thinking about that. Because it was good. Actually, it didn't take me that long to think about. Okay, yeah. But I've been wanting, been waiting to say that for a while. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's catchy. Yeah, we're back with Let's Get One Thing Straight, part two. This is where the real tea spills. Mm -hmm. This is where waiting. Oh, yeah. This is where we talk more on spirituality and sexuality because we are at BYU. We are in Utah. There's a large Latter-day Saint population here. It's not even large. It's the majority. So True. Okay. (laughs) We're in the majority here. Plus, like, you have lived here your whole life. Mm -hmm. And I associate myself with Latter-day Saints. You're Utah. I am that. I feel like the word utard is not good anymore. I find that offensive. Okay, yeah. I'd rather you call me a fag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean like a British cigarette? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Is that, wait, what are you you thinking of? Does that mean something different here? I, yeah, I'm like really British. You didn't know that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, weird. That's weird. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. So. Today is Valentine's Day, mm. so that's a really fun day. That's great. I love it. Especially, um, yeah, I mean, that's the heart of all my questions is, like, today is going to be about how are you reconciling your sexuality with the church? There's a lot of disparities in those things and beliefs, and so then the question is for you, how, how are you reconciling those things? Yeah, because this is about me. Just want to make that clear, okay? If it's not about Brad, then what are we doing here? Yeah, no one's going to listen to the podcast (laughs) if it's not about me. Uh. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't listen to it. Um, How do I reconcile? Is that what you asked? Oh, I want to punch you so bad. Don't. That's mean. I don't want it. I know. Yeah, that was... How do I reconcile? Yeah. I don't even know, honestly. It's <laughs> ugh, so much. So much. I got to look at my notes for this. Don't you just have life experiences? Yeah, but I... Okay, <laughs> this is how I'll answer this. I occasionally feel like I'm two different people. Where one is leaning heavily towards LGBT. Mm-hmm. And one is leaning heavily towards Latter-day Saint. And when those two people meet... It often causes a lot of anxiety and distress within me. Um, There are a few things where they can meet and it's okay. Like, we all good. We chill. But most of the time, I kind of just have to think in two different mindsets. Um, And it's very painful. Well, because here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is human affection and relationships are something that everyone needs um rejection for people is just as painful neurologically as uh like an actual physical pain Mm -hmm. so you know telling someone like hi you're in this church where we value families and we value relationships we value marriage and because of your sexual orientation you can't have any of that now 
That's where most of my questions come from. If you have a family-centered church and you're telling people, no, you can't have a family specifically, like, one, it's not fair. Two, Mm -hmm. how could you ask people to do that? Yeah. So, I mean, especially on Valentine's Day at BYU. (laughs) It is a living hell some days. Yeah. It really is. Um, I do my best to participate in church functions as much as I can. Um, but often I will just zone out and get frustrated um, attending church things or even church in general um, when the lessons on marriage, law of chastity, things like that. I just feel like I'm a second-class citizen Yeah. and there is no place for me. Because what can you even say in that sort of a discussion? Nothing. About people like loving their wives and mm-hmm. loving their husbands and enjoying their children. Mm-hmm. And uh, where where do you fit? Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> you don't. No, I don't know. Not. And it is very lonely. Yeah. Um, and very frustrating talking to people who are just oblivious to how I feel. Because not only am I deprived of expressing my sexuality in a sexual way, but I am not allowed to flirt with other guys or to hold hands with them or to cuddle with them. Just anything romantic. Anything romantic that is seen as wrong. Yeah. And that can drive you crazy. Yeah. I mean, you can live without sex, kind of. I don't know. That's a, that's a difficult statement. But it is, like, impossible to live without some sort of romantic companionship. I mean, people do, but everyone, almost everyone wants that. Okay. Like, it's a, it's a basic human desire. Yeah. Like, it's a very base instinct to connect with someone, mm-hmm. like, on a very deep level. And, like, yeah, you can have friendships and things, but it's you're negating. Yeah, you're, you're ignoring a big part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, okay, next question. How do you deal with housing at BYU? Which is here, it is very strict, non-co-ed housing, separate housing. Hmm. So, like, have you ever had issues with roommates being not okay that you're being gay? uncomfortable? Yeah. 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 Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just say yes. I don't know if I want to go into that. That's a very diplomatic answer, but. Yeah. <laughs> I have had roommates that have found out because I've told them, not like it was some sort of secret, mm-hmm. um, and they found out through some other source, whatever. But sketchy, sketchy. <laughs> they hire a private investigator. <laughs> What's going on? I need you to find out. <laughs> um, who have found out about my sexuality, and then the relationship between us changes. They don't feel comfortable, and have gone to the point where they don't want to live with me anymore. And I understand that. I don't agree with it. Obviously. Clearly. Um, But you do you. I'm not going to be offended by how you live your life. If you are offended by how I live my life, then that's on you. It's not like you're hitting on these people. That's the thing. Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you how many people (sighs) who, as soon as I tell them that I'm gay, they immediately assume that I'm attracted to them. And I'm like, don't. every man that ever exists. Don't pride yourself. (laughs) I mean, do you really think... I'm not just attracted to every single man that there is. Well, it's just a very, very stereotyped hypersexualization mm-hmm. of a 
big, diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I'm sorry. Do you think I'm a predator? Like, <laughs> am I going to rape you or something? No. I mean. I mean, you can ask your roommate, hey, do all girls want you? No. no. Very clearly no. Do no. you think I'm attracted to you? Absolutely not. Sorry if you're offended, but you're not cute. You're not. <laughs> and that's why we have shows like Queer Eye. <laughs> yeah. And I have lived my whole life suppressing these feelings, and so I'm very used to just not um, exploring those things. And so yeah. I don't allow myself to even think about if I am attracted to you or not because yeah. I just shove it down as deep as I can. So when I become your friend, very healthy, very healthy. I don't. Oh, it's so unhealthy. <laughs> I'm living a great life. Um, this is why I have problems. <laughs> um, it is really difficult. But now I have kind of gone through a part of my life where I'm just certain that this is what I want to do, and that's to be celibate. Because here's, here's my really big concern is because you're saying these things, and it is known that you are a BYU student. I'm worried that you could get called into the honor code office for the for admitting these things. For admitting these things. Just saying that you're gay. Mm-hmm. I'm worried for you. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I have definitely been in classes where we've talked about issues like these. And people have come forward and said, I am gay. Ask me questions if you have any. Mm-hmm. And every time they're like, guys, like you could report me. Please don't. Mm-hmm. But you, you literally could end my career at this school. Yeah. I could lose my job, yep. my housing, yep. my health insurance, my education, literally everything if someone decides to turn me in. Um, and what I have to say to that is you cannot um, be anonymous. I will know who you are. <laughs> that is true. You cannot turn That's someone really else true. into the honor code without – Yeah. You can't do it anonymously. Well, you don't need evidence either, but, you know. That's, yeah. That's um, a whole nother. So if you are listening to this and you decide to turn me in, do it. I dare you. Go straight to hell. <laughs> you know what? I, okay, you know, I'll say this. I am just used to having to work harder than everyone else. Oh. And so if you are going to put that in my path, bring Go it on. Off. Go, off. Go off. I have been treated like crap and scum. For a lot of my life, maybe not directly, but if you feel the need to get me kicked out of BYU, you best believe I'm going to (laughs) fight. I don't know if it'll matter, but... You know what? It'll feel better. I'll get a lot of publicity. That'll be fun. Mm. I I just... I I fear for that, so... Yeah. Don't be a scumbag, I guess, and turn Brad in. I guess they don't know your last name, but it probably wouldn't be. They'd hard to know my out. last name. It's on the podcast. Well, well, that's on you, bud. <laughs> Ooh. Whoops. <laughs> I just won't put my last name on this episode. You know. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. safeguard. Yeah. They'll have no idea who I am. No idea. No idea. Oh my god. But ever since I've started attending BYU, I've lived under that fear of being turned in. Yeah. And I'm totally confident that God wants me to attend here. I, mean, I did got pray in. about it. It is a hard did, school to get into. I did get in, and I did pray about it and felt really good about it. So that is not up to you to decide yeah. if I get to be here or not. That's yeah. up to me. And and I guess it is important to say, like, in the honor code, it doesn't say you can't be gay. It doesn't. It 
it just talks about like in what bounds like sexuality like expressing that is okay Mm -hmm. so technically if you're not doing anything which i'm not you should be okay but at the same time you never know with these people you know so but it can happen it can happen and we're really hoping it doesn't so but if it does you will definitely hear about it oh yeah we will make so many episodes about that (laughs) i am not stopping my name's Brad. I got kicked out of BYU. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is unspoken this secret. <laughs> Sit down. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm going to go full <laughs> podcast because that is the only career I have left now. I know. Honestly, you don't have anything. You wouldn't have anything that. else to make a living. So, <sighs> Yeah, because you're definitely making a living right now for sure. Well. Minimum wage job at camp- on campus. Okay, live. no. But if I got kicked out of BYU, where's my education? I mean, I could education transfer. Education is life. That is your education. Okay, okay, okay. That's true. Stop yelling. <laughs> Next question. I'm done with this. Okay. It's kind of depressing, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's low. I get. Depressing. I try really hard to be not offended and to be open minded and recognize that people are allowed to have their own opinions, even if they're wrong. How did you feel during general conference? Mm. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask this. Well, it's I I had problems with, I think it was Elder Oaks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his talk that was uh, pretty abrasive. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> it just felt like what you were saying before. You know, if you're gay in LDS, where is your place? And mm-hmm. it seemed like Elder Oaks's talk was saying you, you don't really have one. Mm-hmm. So... I'm Walk going, me through that day. Okay. I'm going to answer this, and I'm going to try and do it very carefully because I do not want to offend anyone else that I've you're already not, offended. Uh, here's the thing. You're not offending people by expressing your opinion True. and your personal story True. and experience. So don't worry about that. Okay. Like, if someone's get offended, going to get offended based off of, like, your life, come on. Like, you're okay. not saying that people are stupid for feeling a certain way. You're just mm-hmm. talking about you. So go okay. off. Okay. No holds barred. Just I do. Live. Okay, I will. I do want to make it known I have a very strong testimony. I do support the church leaders. I believe in the Book of Mormon. I believe in all those things. Um, But my testimony is in Jesus Christ. It is not in the general authorities. I often trust and believe many of the things that they tell me and say. But if you look at our church history, we have made mistakes. And it drives me crazy that... Um, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are so willing and ready to admit that nobody's perfect and that we all make mistakes. But when it comes to a church leader, they refuse to accept that they can make mistakes. Who was the church leader who said in the 60s that we would never uh, go to the moon? You know, things like that. (laughs) You're just like, oh, that's not it, chief. That's... And at the end of the day, these are just people. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing in our church that is something to fall back on is personal revelation. So if someone like a general authority does say something that you don't feel right about, you have the right to pray about it for yourself mm-hmm. and like see if that is right for you. Yeah. So and like I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, yes, a general authority said that. But like, here's my experience with it. Yeah. Because that is personal revelation. That's Mm -hmm. your right. Yeah. So I'm not going to claim that he was right or wrong in any way. 
Um, and again, it is general. We are individual. Yeah. And so things can be different for each person. You learn that in the scriptures all the time. Things are changed and interpreted in different ways based on who it is and the context and the circumstance. And the times, honestly. And the times. Times do change, like as mm-hmm. much as people don't want to admit it, but things do have to change. Yeah. As and time goes on. Yeah. that does not um, go against the doctrine that God never changes. Yeah. Um, general authorities do make mistakes. They are imperfect. I'm not going to claim what those are. But you do have to be aware of those things, um, that they do happen, and they happen frequently. And when members of the church lose their testimony or get offended or decide to leave because of something that one person or even several of them have said, you need to recognize that your testimony was in the general authorities and not in Jesus Christ. Surface level. Yeah. Yeah. So I have heard many things said over the pulpit at general conference, state conference, church, all things that have been very offensive to me and have hurt me and did not feel right to me. That does not mean I suddenly question my testimony or that I question their authority. I don't think that they are suddenly speaking wrong. I just think that they are not speaking to me. That some of the things that they are saying is the general population. That is truth. But truth varies depending on context, circumstance, individual, all those things. Yeah, I, be, because at the end of the day, like the most enduring truth is that God the Father loves his children. Mm-hmm. And that does include you. That's never going to exclude anybody. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things, like I was just reading um, Elder Oaks's talk. It's called Truth in the Plan. And it he keeps talking about how the plan is for a man and a woman to bring children into the world. That doesn't include gay people, transsexual people. Like, that that is exclusionary. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a truth. Like, it may be a eternal truth, but at the same time, like, I just have a hard time thinking that that could truly be the end-all be-all. No gray area. Mm -hmm. Because there is gray area, because we have billions of people with unique circumstances. Mm -hmm. I I just... No, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'll go back to your question. I never really answered it. Yeah, answer that question. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just have so much to say. Um, So I was listening to this in my apartment with my roommates. And truth be told, I actually really enjoyed his talk. Did your roommates know that you were gay? Yes, they did. Did they all just stare at you the whole time? I could feel them <laughs> looking at me. Um, and like, I don't think they did, but I could. I knew that everyone's uh, conscious was focused on me. They were thinking me. about you. Thinking about me. It's like when you're in history class and they're talking about slavery and everyone just stares at the one black kid in class. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I could feel <laughs> it. Um, but they're they're great. They're, they're comfortable with it. And, yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed his talk. Um, I thought it was great. However, I totally could understand why people were offended by it and some of the things that he said that were just a little bit abrasive to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how I interpreted those things was, again, what he was saying was kind of the surface of what the doctrine was. And, like, that is where 
the line is, but it does get blurred. Yeah. And um, I do feel like in some ways we interpret it in a way that we want to. And some of what he says, I mean, I could look at his talk and go line by line, but that would take too long. Um, he would make a comment about maybe transgender and how gender is essential to God's plan. But we don't know what that really is. Yeah, we don't know a lot of things. Um, gender so is not the same as gender roles. Yeah. It is not the same as your body. Yeah. And so when we learn and believe in the truth that we were gendered in the premortal existence, that we were male and female, we don't know what that means. Well, because honestly, what is gender? What is gender? On it, like if you're gonna go just off of physical characteristics, there are a lot of people that are intersex. Intersex. There are a lot of people that have hormone disorders. Like there are mm-hmm. women who have male sex characteristics. There are men that have female sex characteristics. Like there are just mm-hmm. there are things that blur this line mm-hmm. it's like oh well if you have a penis you're a man not not necessarily no. <laughs> yeah and just going off of that um i do know so people who are intersex are those who have both traits um, so typically they're born with both sets of genitalia or mm-hmm. one's more predominant than the other and typically a doctor decides what gender the mm-hmm. child will be yeah um sometimes parents are consulted but it's mostly the mm-hmm. doctor yeah. Based off of what's easiest. But what's super interesting about that is you think, oh, that's just a rare commodity. That's not. A, like a, it's not. Two percent of the population is intersex. That's the same amount of people that are redheads. Yeah. It is not So think about that. Shout out to Mallory, our one, redhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's on it. Who among us is the intersex? <laughs> one in fifty people statistically are intersex. You yeah. know, many people who are intersex you might be intersex and just not know it that could be very true because it is something that before you even leave the hospital is quote-unquote taken care of Mm -hmm. so you just might never know very rarely are kids allowed to leave the hospital without being assigned one gender or the other Mm -hmm. So. so it is very complicated very complex and who's to say because when bodies are created there are mistakes made because our bodies are imperfect. Yeah. Okay. Who's to say that maybe this body was created as a male, but has a female spirit? Yeah. I mean, that is very controversial, and I can feel like I've offended a lot of people just by saying that. I feel that. like that could be very true. But with transgender people, I, that yeah, could I be the case. Is. There is no way you cannot say with 100% certainty that you know what the gender is of a specific person. Or their spirit. Like, you don't know what their spirit you, you gender is. We don't can't. understand. Yeah. We don't Ooh, get that it brings yet. Me, <laughs> that brings me to a whole other thing. I really have wanted to talk about how so many people have told me all the reasons why being gay is wrong. Mm. And I just want to say, please do not ever, ever tell me why being gay is wrong. Because all the reasons I have heard have holes in them. And we really do not know why being gay is wrong. And honestly, we don't know why people are gay to begin with. We don't. We don't understand it. Is so it is so complex. So please do not come at me with your reasons. <laughs> don't come at me with your reasons as to why sexuality is straight-laced. It's, it's not. not. And someone who wants to boil it down to something so simplistic like, well, well, you just decided to be gay. Or, you know, your parents 
decided that you were going to, like, raised you to be gay or something stupid like that. Like, that is just a clear misunderstanding of human sexuality in general mm-hmm. and gender roles and gender differences, like, all of it. So, yeah, what – um no, we don't have to talk about any of those things that people have come at you with, I'm sure. It, oh, I have some – I have plenty of examples. You want to give one example just for One kicks. example is it destroys the family because it gets rid of procreation. Totally understand that, and I am all for family. But let's talk about people who are infertile. Let's talk about people who have gone through menopause. Is their marriage no longer valid? Because they can't have because kids. Because they can't have kids? That sounds very biblical. Yeah. <laughs> and sounds, it's just very interesting uh, to me. And let's talk about divorce. That is yeah. a huge thing that is the exact opposite of marriage. Yeah. And, and that's so, affecting at least 50% of marriages. Yeah. If you're wanting to protect family and marriage, saying that homosexuality goes against that isn't valid enough for me. And what about all the children waiting to be adopted in foster homes? And, mm-hmm. you know, what about those kids? Yeah. Like, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I just very strongly believe that there need to be a lot of eyes opened to all the different aspects of all these issues that there really is no black and white. And that I don't know what is right, what is wrong. People. Like, this isn't just a couple people that this mm-hmm. is this is affecting. Like, these are your friends. These are your coworkers. These are your Family children. Members. Like, I just really hope one day that sweet, sweet karma will come through. And people mm-hmm. that are homophobic and, you know, hate any sort of sexuality that isn't straight, that they one day have a child who is gay. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's yeah. To experience that's one what way that's to, like. to to force someone to have empathy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, but Ugh. still, even some people, it doesn't do it for them. They disown no. the child, and I know many people who are going through that. Yeah, so that is something that does happen in the LDS culture. There is absolutely no doctrine to back up that practice of disowning children when they're doing something that you don't like, such as coming out to their parents, they're gay. Um, Why do you think that happens? Why do you think a parent would disown their child based off of their sexuality? Hmm. I just have a hard time getting my my head around it. Yeah, I I don't understand it either. That's Um, not a family-centered church. It's not. Um, Or Christ-like, jeez. There comes a point when you have to decide whether or not you want someone, whether it's a friend, a child, an acquaintance, whether or not you want them to be in a homosexual relationship or you want them to be dead. Because we've talked about this. So many people in the LGBT community commit suicide because they don't feel included. They don't feel welcome. They don't feel loved. They don't feel like there is a purpose to their lives and living in a Latter-day Saint community is very painful because I don't feel like I have a place I don't feel like there's a purpose to what my life is because I have always wanted to have children and to raise a family Mm -hmm. but that is just not working out for me I don't feel (laughs) comfortable dating another woman or marrying another woman I still hope that that will happen 
but I don't know if that will. And I don't feel it's fair to put that on my wife to say, hey, you cannot satisfy me romantically, sexually, and I cannot satisfy you romantically, sexually. And I'm not even attracted to you. Yeah. Let's let's have kids. Let's make yeah. this work. It just doesn't seem fair. And I feel like that is not my place to put someone through that because it is painful. Yeah. For both sides. For both sides. And at a certain point, it's like, well, for the kids that you would be raising, would that even be fair to them? Like, they would probably be the true mm-hmm. victims of you know, mm-hmm. maybe a marriage that is <laughs> wrong from the beginning. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. just doesn't fit and it never has. I, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think is going to have to change for that kind of a practice of disowning children based off of sexuality to change? Like, how is that going to even, where do we even begin with that? I guess say something awful. Say it. We'll Wait for it. them to die. Oh my! <laughs> I do think there is a generational aspect to this. No, but yeah. at the same time, there are people in our generation that are just as homophobic. True. So, but when that's engraved <laughs> in you, it is really hard to change that. And it's—I don't want it to flip all the way to the other side of the pendulum. Yeah. It is so great. We just need to understand the different perspectives. And communicate and connect with all walks of life. And empathize. And empathize that there is diversity. Um, And diversity is what brings us strength as a human population, as a church organization. If we did not have diversity, we would not stand because things are happening. Things are changing. You need diversity and variety in order to be able to overcome those things. You think about the body and the immune system we are supposed to be the body of christ got him there it is boom (laughs) so i just really hope that the listeners will at least open their eyes and their minds to understanding that there is a huge gray area and it is up to you to decide personally what you will do with your life you cannot put that on anyone else yeah And you cannot judge them for anything that they do, whether or not it is really right or wrong. Let's talk about something that most people think is wrong, murder. Okay? Most people do not think murder. I would say 100% of people. Except for people who murder. I guess. Okay? Most people think that murder is wrong. Okay? (laughs) And I'm just going to be bold with it. That doesn't mean that they're a bad person. The murderers aren't? Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, but that is not for you to decide. Yeah. I, I mean, there are consequences. We do have yeah, law that's and government. We do have the legal system, <laughs> but if you're not in the legal system, well, but I don't even, know. Even in the legal system, you don't get to decide whether a person is fundamentally good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like, no other person can decide that. They definitely did a wrong thing. Yeah. But if you're, you're going to attribute... You're judging the action, attrib- not yes. the person. But you're, you can't attribute someone to being evil or good. Well, but... Actually, scratch that, because I have a podcast where I want to talk about how I strongly believe man is evil. Yeah, maybe not. 100%. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I will make a personal confession here. Like, when I was on my mission... 
um, before my mission, a little bit after my mission, everything was so black and white to me. Like there was good and there was bad. Like there was not an in-between and there were things like people deciding to go less active, to not go to church, stuff like that. I couldn't wrap my head around it mm-hmm. because I couldn't understand why you just don't go, even if you do have a testimony. Because a lot of the less active people we worked with did have a testimony. Mm-hmm. It just didn't go. And I was like, how does that make sense? And things like homosexuality, for a while I was of the belief, like, if you act on your homosexuality and you know, anything like that, you're going against God's plan and that's it. Like you are sinning. And so I think this learning process of like, there are gray areas and everything and I can't judge anyone and empathizing with people is the best I can do because there are circumstances that I will never know personally. Mm-hmm. And I just can't like, that is a difficult thing to to internalize it's a difficult thing to learn that maybe you don't have all the answers it's a difficult thing to maybe say okay maybe i can't categorize people easily like people are so complicated maybe i don't get it Mm -hmm. maybe i don't know everything about everyone and being okay with that like we just don't know we don't have any of these answers like Mm -hmm. why people are gay why people are straight why what makes a man a man what makes a woman you know like we don't know. <laughs> I don't think we ever will. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But that's that's my confession. I used to be very black and white, and now I'm not. And I'm proud I of that. Too. I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it took a long time, but <laughs> yeah. life's complicated. It is. <laughs> it is. With the law of chastity, the main thing is chastity is about respect. Mm-hmm. That someone who breaks the law of chastity isn't I mean it is a sin I don't like using the word wrong or evil or things like that because it's really just disrespectful when you are talking about sex sex is a wonderful thing it's a great thing it is part of God's plan and so if someone participates in sexual activities before marriage or outside of the bounds that God has given it's disrespectful to how sex should be but that doesn't mean the act itself was evil and malicious and wrong you don't want to teach people that especially your kids because they will start to think that sex is evil and they start to feel uncomfortable shame with it's become shame yeah yeah pornography is very disrespectful to what sex is but sex is not wrong yeah it is beautiful it's the best part it's one of the best parts about life you know like it is a total gift it is (laughs) so and then it's like the ultimate form of connection with another person mm-hmm. that you have given your whole life to and now you're giving your whole body to. Like yeah. that is a you're huge connecting of your spirit, emotions, mind, body as one. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. So the other thing is um, I want to mention that with these general authorities that make mistakes, um, That should not be something that defers you from the church or causes you to become less active or inactive because we believe in the atonement. And it should really strengthen your testimony to know that even though these church leaders have made 
drastic mistakes in the past and are making mistakes today, mm-hmm. that God has still called them to be that general authority. He's called and them to try. To try. <laughs> yeah. And that through the atonement, they can be made whole. Like, I just think that's beautiful. I mean, we're a bunch of imperfect people being led by imperfect people. Mm. But I would beyond that, we're being led by a perfect person. Yeah. But. I But I would honestly feel uncomfortable if everything that was said over the pulpit was 100% truth and final and perfect. Because we don't live in a perfect world. I would be thinking, okay, if they're perfect, then I need to focus my worship towards them. Yeah. That's not true. You focus your worship towards God and Jesus Christ because they are the ones that are perfect, that are trying to give us these messages and it's so diverse and so many different perspectives. And sometimes they contradict each other. Exactly. Some, I've, I've found that general authorities sometimes contradict each other in the same talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, you know. Yeah, so don't. So, yeah, my point with that is don't let that be a reason to blame the church or to say that the church is not true. Because it really is a testimony that the church is true. Well, and it leaves you opportunity to question things for yourself and find out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Personal Like, revelation. if there are questions, like, okay, now you know who to go to. You're not going to go to the general authority, the person. You're going to go straight to God. Like, yeah. that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. So. Sometimes you need a little happen. direction because you aren't seeing it. But when it comes down to it, you receive that own revelation for yourself. Yeah. No one else okay. can do that for you. Okay. Even though people try, but I received a revelation that you're supposed to marry me. Uh-uh, no, queen. Mm-mm. Don't say that. Nope. nope. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> yeah. And other than that, I just want to make it known. Again, I have a strong testimony. I'm not faltering in any way. Even if I was, don't judge me. Um, it's your story and your journey. <laughs> yes. But no one else is. I do want to make it known that I do love this church. And I love this gospel. I love my Savior. Way to make it sentimental. <laughs> Ditto. Uh, so then I guess to close it out, final question. Yes. Final Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy. Do you think the church's stance on homosexuality will ever change? Yes. Why do you think that? I think that because, well, the question really is what do I think it's going to change to? Because do I believe that homosexuality is going to be suddenly sanctioned as eternal marriage? I don't know. That's that's kind of my that's your question. Culminating. Do you think there will be? I do think homosexual oh, temple marriages. That I have thought about and thought about and thought about, and I don't know. I don't either. I do think policies such as members of the same sex being married and still being active members. And being recognized and being as recognized married. As in married. The I do think that policy can and I should think so too. change. I think so too. Um, I think it will soon. I think it will. I really do. Because when you look at it, it doesn't make sense that a woman who is adulterous, who cheats on her husband, she does not receive as harsh of disciplinary counsel as two men who have been fully. monogamous monogamous with one another did not have any sexual bounds of marriage yeah and did not have any sexual relationship until marriage but they're immediately excommunicated no questions asked 
and I do think that needs to change. And a lot of times they're not even recognized as a married couple in church. Yeah. So I, I think that's very true. Like comparing those two things, who is disrespecting sexuality more? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I think that's. You can't ask someone to give that up. I can't. And I, I don't. Can't. I don't expect anyone to. So that's no. why I have such a hard time. Like, I can't judge anyone who leaves the church because they're gay because I I get it like being yeah, asked to too. give up any romantic feelings any romantic relationships any chance for a family like mm. how could you expect that of someone mm-hmm. I don't so if you can't do that here I don't blame you for leaving like yeah. please find happiness yeah I, and like find your family God wants us to be happy And those feelings are very closely associated with how members of the church describe the spirit. Mm -hmm. They're intertwined. So how can you differentiate the two and say one is wrong and one is right? They feel the same in a lot of ways. Which is why you're told not to go to the temple with someone you're dating. Yeah, because you you feel the spirit. You feel good in the temple. And you can mistake that as a you confirmation mis- mm-hmm. or that you love this person. You're not going to feel bad in the temple. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I personally don't know if homosexual temple marriage will ever be a thing, but I think you I are either. right about policies in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be a place for yeah. LGBTs to be in this community. Because right now, there is no place for us. How can you get a whole group of people a part of your organization if there isn't a place to put them? Well, because making a place for them requires other people to give them space. Mm -hmm. And giving them space means listening. It means allowing people to express themselves. It allows dissenting opinions. A lot of people don't want that. Because they're comfortable with how things are now. Because if you were to give LGBTQ people space... When you're having your lesson on Sunday about eternal marriage, that means that those LGBTQ people get to talk about their eternal marriages. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that's what that would mean. It and wouldn't be. So many people are not okay with that. That's not going to happen. That's not. Without some serious intervention. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I am excited mm. for the day it does. If mm. we can have two hour church, this is the least we can do. Come on. <laughs> Come on, people. I'm holding out for one hour church. That'd yeah. be ideal. Waiting yeah. for that one. But mm-hmm. so that was my final question. I think I'm going to ponder that one for a while. Yeah, I <laughs> hope you do as well. I hope that the listeners are not too offended. I want to make a few last comments. First, I want to share a poem I wrote while I was on my mission entitled, My Name is Sin. My name is Sin. Like a thought that constantly nags at the back of your mind... It was never a choice, at least not one that I remember. I try to ignore it, but it never goes away. It's always there. Did he make me this way or did I? I'm forced to sit at the table, but I can never eat. I can only watch as others engulf and then describe how good the food tastes. I'm left with the bitter taste of longing. A few, a very select few, become aware that I am not allowed to partake. They tell me to be patient and just stay seated at the table. Then they continue to eat. Cautiously and curiously, as the hunger and pain eventually becomes too much, I sneak a bite of the forbidden food. 
guilt immediately overwhelms me and I'm reminded by countless voices of the consequence of my sin. And yet, it tasted good. As I glance up and down the table, I see many different dishes. Some guests have moved up in rank and because they waited patiently are allowed to eat of the best delicacies, while many are only allowed to eat of the most basic. I seem to be the only one required to fast. The host stands and announces that all who remain at the table until the feast is done will be invited to another more glorified and eternal feast. My excitement builds and relief fills my eyes, but relief soon dies. The food will be better, he says. The dinner will last forever, and all will be able to partake of each and every course. However, only those allowed to eat at this table will be allowed to eat at the next. It isn't just a label, it's a title. The sin I eat will carry to the next. I will forever be hungry or become that which I am forbidden to eat. My very name is sin. Being gay and a Latter-day Saint feels like that sometimes, but that's okay. A lot of people have asked me why I have decided to stay in the church even though I often feel like I don't belong, and here's why. I have decided to stay because the only person who has fully loved me and can satisfy my deep desire for connection and belonging is my Savior. I love him more than any other man, which is saying something. <laughs> he has asked me to make this sacrifice, and though I don't have all the answers and don't understand why he is asking me to make this sacrifice, I have chosen to follow him because I love him and he loves me. Nothing can change that. I've also had a lot of people within the church ask how they can best support and understand me along with other LGBT individuals. Be sensitive. Be patient. Love them in the ways they show love to you. Actively listen and please know how frustrating it is for us because we struggle with understanding ourselves too. So avoid questions that demand answers. Don't ask what we plan to do because we don't know and it changes often. Don't preach to us about what's right and what's wrong, because then we get the idea that our name is sin, that who we are is sin. Help us see the other attributes we have, because we are so much more than our sexuality. But at the same time, don't expect us to ignore this vital aspect. The purpose of this podcast is to create a voice for those who can't speak, to address topics that are neglected, misunderstood, or poorly addressed to create a vulnerable and open environment where difficult things are talked about in order to increase connection between us. The acronym for Unspoken Secret is US. This is about us. The purpose of this and the previous episode was not about me. I did not come out. Some of you were just not aware that this was a part of me, but that does not mean I didn't trust you enough to tell you in person. It just means it didn't come up. I created these episodes for you, so you can see that I'm not perfect, that I get frustrated and angry and upset even within the church I so dearly love. So you can see that it's okay if you do too. So you can know that we don't have all the answers, and that's okay. So you can know that you are not alone, but also so you can know it's okay to feel alone. So you can know that you belong. The purpose of this podcast is to start the conversation. A secret is a story untold. This was my story, my secret, and it's messy. But Christ is there to clean it up, and I know that. 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, complaints, experiences, responses, or secrets, let me know. Let me know. I'd like to add that even though this affects my family and particularly my parents, this is not their story. A secret is a story untold. I told mine. Now it's your turn. Thank you.